hey, does anyone want to learn French with me? Because I've decided in 2024 that I want to learn French. And thankfully, I have Rosetta Stone. So you better hop on it so we can learn French together. Rosetta Stone has the amazing true accent feature, which is so helpful, especially in French. You get feedback on how well you're actually pronouncing words. Plus, they have 25 languages to choose from. So if you're not going to learn French with me, I'm sure you can find some other people who will learn a language with you. But I'm on the French team this year. Come on, folks, join me. Don't put off learning that language. There's no better time than right now to get started. For a very limited time, and that's why we drink listeners can get Rosetta Stone's lifetime membership for 50% off. Visit rosettastone.com drink. That's rosettastone.com drink. Are you the type of person who loves to treat yourself? You know, sometimes you just want to buy yourself a coffee, a fancy coffee. Sometimes you want to get a little extra legroom on the plane. You know what I mean? So if you ever treat yourself to the top options, other places like that, then why are we settling when we're finding a doctor? I know it's easy to fall into that rut, but your health is so important. Enter ZocDoc. ZocDoc is a place where you can find and book tens of thousands of top tier doctors, all with verified patient reviews. ZocDoc is a free app and website where you can search and compare highly rated in-network doctors near you and instantly book appointments with them online. There's no more waiting awkwardly on hold with a receptionist. You know we hate that. And these doctors all have verified reviews from actual real patients. You can filter specifically for ones who take your insurance, which is so helpful. You can see who's located near you and who's available and who can treat basically any condition you're searching for. Plus, a typical wait time to see a doctor booked on ZocDoc is between just 24 to 72 hours. That's it. You can even score same-day appointments. When I moved to LA years ago, I discovered ZocDoc because I was so tired of having to call all these different offices and wait. It took hours sometimes to figure out which doctor in town could help me and which one took my insurance, but not anymore with ZocDoc. I was able to find everything from a psychiatrist to a GI doctor, and I did that all through ZocDoc. And the app has only gotten better over time. I still use it. I still love it. I always recommend it to people, whether you have phone anxiety like me or not. It couldn't get easier to find a doctor with ZocDoc. Go to ZocDoc.com slash drink and download the ZocDoc app for free. Then find and book a top-rated doctor today. That's Z-O-C-D-O-C dot com slash drink. ZocDoc.com slash drink. Hello, happy Halloween. Well, when people hear this, it'll be like the end of November or something. <laughs> Oopsie. But for us, it is the day after Halloween, so we're having the scary blues or whatever I it's called know. for Halloween. Oh, the, the scary orange it, and black. It's the worst scary Sundays of, uh, or Monday yeah. blues of the year. Cause and it's on a Wednesday. Blech. Blech. Yeah, Hump I can't day. even. Hump day. <laughs> Roll reversal. Um, I, uh, yeah, I'm feeling real down. I feel like the last... Oh, no. I'm feeling down, but also up, because both of them are tied to the fact that, like, the last month or two have felt so overwhelming, oh, and, like, yeah. especially with Allison's double birthday, with <laughs> Halloween, and we always have things going on on the weekend, so we really don't get to relax, and it's like, I'm just, I'm very glad that we're going into this era where like i have to do less but i'm also now getting that sweeping depression where it's like like um like burnout or something mm, so where you're crashing sort of yeah i've uh, been like i my adrenaline has been i've been running on steam for the last two months and now it's just like okay goodbye it's that it's that cr that crash i feel like you have to be careful because that's always when i get sick 
like when I'm Me finally let go of everything and then it's like ah oh my fever is ah chew yeah ah chew <laughs> fuck I, um, my life <laughs> that's I felt a little tickle of something yesterday oh, no. and I went get it the fuck together and I just <laughs> <laughs> into the mirror like, or there's it, no at way your throat I it just thought it, it like in my brain I was I like see. you can't possibly feel you this way can't possibly do this right now so I'm intentionally hydrating which by the way get fucking drinking you filthy little rats cheers and taking my my vits my my mins and sups good for you and um I'm I'm not preparing for the worst because I I'm refusing to believe I could get sick but I am just Ha- having a lot of situational awareness around that. If you I want, get so. it. I totally get it. Well, Liana has a hundred and three point four degree fever. Cute. Um, so you will be sick. So things are things are. You might be if you come anywhere near her, since you apparently <laughs> didn't get any of the toddler diseases. Uh, <laughs> no, she's like really fucking sick, and I th- we thought it was just teething because she keeps like pointing at her mouth and saying it hurts. But then she got this like raging fever the day before Halloween. And so yesterday. Oh, the last scare of it all. Oh, it was a treat and a trick. It was not a treat. It was just a trick. Um, we, we just dressed her up. We gave her Tylenol. We dressed her up very briefly. Like let her sit outside with us. But it was like 40 fucking degrees. Mm. Let her kind of run up and down. Hey, and... in tuberculosis world, you did the right thing. That's right. Yeah, get some fresh <laughs> air. Sit her on an Adirondack chair. Uh, yeah. Just let her let the snow blow over her um, <laughs> as her lungs are fixed, you know, and healed. Um, yeah, so we let, her, we let her roam around a little bit. Just like get the feel for it. She was on fucking cloud nine. We have a new Halloween fanatic in the house. Her name <gasps> is Leona despite the 103 degree fever she was like fucking rallying like she really nailed it and she was a dino rancher and um giovanni was a dino so um it was a delight to to see that but then she went inside to watch dino ranch and sleep um um precious and also like mother like daughter because if you had a raging fever and should be hospitalized that's your prime time to go let's that's the hang time out to go in the city to put on a fun hat and go outside and yeah. uh <laughs> talk to the neighbors yeah exactly uh let's actually eat a shitload of candy that'll be good for me right <laughs> she had her first snickers that was uh something else that was a life-changing moment i could tell mm. um you saw her, the, the twinkle in her eye ignite I saw the chocolate all over my pants when she wiped her <laughs> hand on me. Um, yeah, it was a it was a great time. I do have one exciting reason I drink, which is that um, I got hit on by a woman, <gasps> and it was incredibly exciting. And Blaze was like, "Oh, okay." I great, appreciate cool. that Blaze just let it happen. He was like, "This is a moment." He for her. actually got hit on a ma- by a multiple men that same night. So I was like, wow. "You know what." are you swingers at this point what's going on i mean maybe (laughs) i don't know um no we were we were at this party and uh it was just a halloween party like a couple doors down and um the i don't i'm trying to i don't want to like triangulate anyone but a lot of the neighborhood couples came by and stuff and um blaze and i did a a gender gender bender um taylor swift costume where I saw. He, it was Excellent. his idea before anybody's like why are you making him wear makeup i didn't know such thing he came downstairs and i said where did you get that he said your sink and he had a red <laughs> lip on and i was like i don't even like that lipstick so you can keep it i guess um <laughs> he's having his moment look he everyone, is i you know what just another reason i love blaze that he 
That's like, a what? man, by the way, when he's like, <laughs> I don't even need you to say anything. I'm putting this lipstick on. <laughs> he, I mean, he came downstairs. And at first he thought that his costume. So I, my sister had brought some stuff from where she works at Adidas to like help him with the costume because he was wearing like a red. I was Travis Kelsey. He was Taylor Swift. And um, I when she bought the stuff for the costume i also threw in like my order i wanted some um, <laughs> bicycle shorts like some mm-hmm. biker shorts and blaze thought those were part of his costume so at first he comes downstairs in like a tank top and like women's volleyball shorts and i'm like what are you wearing <laughs> with red <laughs> lipstick i was like this is a really weird moment and my mom was there and she was like okay sure i guess this is I what's like happening he, i feel like renata was like you know what They've been married long enough. It's time to get a little weird. We saw yeah, this coming. No. Least surprising turn of events, I guess. No, but he, yeah, then I was like, those are not, those are mine. Like, you can put on pants, like normal pants. You can put on jeans. And he's like, oh, thank God. So anyway, we went to the party and he had his like little tank top on with like his jacket over his, you know, arms. So like people were already eyeing him, whether it was just like, what who? Ooh, what's going on doing? here <laughs> wearing lipstick or like ooh, i'm into that so he got hit on a few times so then when um a rosie the riveter asked me if i was single i was like maybe <laughs> <laughs> what's it to you <laughs> who wants to know yeah yeah um and blaze how like, oh, you gotta you, come on you we're all on the edge of our gay little seats you gotta give us the details were, were there smiles was there did she close <laughs> on in what was the line she used well like we were Rosie talking- the river did she make you feel her muscle <laughs> like- that's a good one yeah um no she, we were talking about our animal totems and oh my god <laughs> Gay. well that was her sign that you were gay so I know. I was she was like i'm closing dressed. in now i was also wearing like a football uniform <laughs> like i like, was dressed it was halloween is such a scary day especially the, for the gays it's I like mean, really it's so how do i read this it must person. be i can't imagine and then i was like uh i, I just was totally and blade started laughing and i was like oh boy um, no, she was delightful. Um, and then she was like, oh, I'm going camping this weekend. Gay. Okay. <laughs> I know. And she's like, I'm going to do a spell while I'm camping. Gay. I was like, oh wow. my God. She really was dropping every fucking hint she could to you. She was like, do you want to see my Subaru or not? <laughs> I'm so stupid. I was like, wow, camping. That sounds terrible. <laughs> oh my God. Anyway, it was fun, and I felt very... I almost texted you and Eva that night, but I was like, I'm going to announce this on the podcast to M to get their reaction um, live action, you know? Very, very excited for you. I... Thank you. Don't think I got hit on even by my own <laughs> girlfriend, so very, I'm very living vicarious through you, so... Yeah, um, you know, as a parent, I'm like, I take these moments and run with them, you know? You gotta. It doesn't happen, it doesn't happen often, but... um. You gotta. Yeah. I hung out with people on Halloween who I think might have been gay. I couldn't totally read the situation. Um, uh, was it me and Blaze? Because <laughs> we were we were sending all sorts of mixed signals. <laughs> yeah, there was a guy in lipstick. He looked fabulous. I just didn't really know what was going on there, though. Oh um, God. No, we we hung out with um one of my friends invited us over to walk around their neighborhood and see the Halloween lights, but it was like way too overwhelming and like oh. It was just because it wasn't I thought it was going to be 
like a Fredericksburg, Virginia house with a cul-de-sac and like some cute little lights. I yeah, forgot that I live in stroll. fucking Los Angeles. Oh, right. And... Sure. Like home of special effects and props and like hired help and everything oh, for everyone's mansions because they uh, they took us to Toluca Lake, which is like oh. for people who don't live in L.A. Toluca Lake is where a lot of celebrities live. Um, uh, to be honest, I did not know that. Oh, okay. So yeah, it's right next to Warner Brothers, like on the other side of the gate. And Weird, so that's it's... where I lived. No, I'm just kidding. I did not. <laughs> <laughs> it's it's right on the other side of a studio lot, so it's really easy I commuting see. for accessible. If it's out of the like hustle and bustle a bit. Yeah, and it's like like Steve Carell lives there, like oh. uh, a bunch of anyway. So um there was just too many fucking people like and i know i have like crowd anxiety but this was like i mean it felt like we were at disney world like you couldn't walk on the sidewalks we, we walked with a group of it was like seven or eight people and we kept getting lost from each other because Ooh, there were so boy. many people um we couldn't walk down the road and then cars were trying to get through and like these we were just going to look at lights but there were kids there actually trick-or-treating and i was like and there was lines as long as like if you were at universal waiting to get on a ride there were lines around the corner to get candy from like the coolest looking houses oh my god Those, and it was, can you imagine you get up there and they hand you a dum-dum and they're like you get one <laughs> like i'd be like steve carell i'm calling yeah. the police right now <laughs> there was um there was like and because it's hollywood and because either they can afford it or maybe they work like behind the scenes and do this kind of art for their job the houses were incredible i mean there was like a harry potter themed house and someone literally built a train someone built a hogwarts oh, sure. express a like a real sized it looked like they bought a train and put it in their backyard they probably did it was and then they had like a projector playing harry potter on the garage door they had like all this stuff there was another one that was like all pyrotechnics and their roof looked like it was on fire and like oh, there that's was that's a dangerous thing game to play in los angeles i know fake there, fires there was just i mean it was just very if i were the only one on the street i would have been blown away but so many people being there was kind of i feel like that takes away from the magic of it you're just like yeah it felt sensory overload bit. yeah 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 um and also, like, the people we went with, like, brought their dogs. And so I was like, oh, my God, now I'm worried about losing the dogs or the dogs getting in fights because everyone had their dogs out. So anyway, I appreciated Allison and me making an effort to do something on Halloween night because usually we actively stay home to avoid traffic. Oh, so this was last night, like Halloween night on Halloween Tuesday. night. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Um, yeah, that's hard and, when trick or treaters are out and about like you're not mm -hmm. getting far. It was it was. um, Yeah, we. The last time I went out on Halloween night in L.A. was when we first moved here and I didn't know how crazy the traffic gets. And right. then after that, I never I all it's just like a reason to stay home. You stay like so this was bunker, hunkered, hunkered, hunker, bunker down. Yeah, hunker, bunker down. <laughs> so anyway, it was uh, it was us making an attempt to do something. And then we realized we won't again. So, <laughs> <laughs> well, to be honest, like I am now so thankful based on that story. Uh, I live where I do because, oh, by the way, a podcast listener came and said hi. <laughs> oh, God, at your house? <laughs> yeah. We got Terrifying. And she goes, oh, I live two blocks down. And I was like, oh, boy. <laughs> Ooh, well, but, don't tell anyone what you saw today. <laughs> I know, right? I was like, okay, let's take a photo together. But like, away from the number sign on my all you know it takes mean? is like, face is, the street <laughs> all it takes is one person to just i don't know just say i know where she lives well, you <laughs> know who you are my friend at yeah. i can also release your address not i oh, don't know what that'll point. do but i but i know it 
I know it. So I had um, no, we they had... were very nice, and they were carrying wine. I should have known. I should have seen them coming a mile away, carrying wine with the like like the lid. You know, that's a good time. It was. I was also carrying that outside, so I was like, <laughs> we we meet at last. Um, there were two people that used to live in my apartment building who were big fans. And I was always like, please don't tell anyone. <laughs> oh, God. Yeah. It's kind please of funny because you're like, oh, hey, like we're pals. And it's like, oh, wait, but also don't announce where I live. I'm like, we're <laughs> pals in secret. Me. We're pals in secret. Yeah. Like, <laughs> I hope you don't turn on the podcast, like turn against us and then like use your knowledge for evil. I know. <laughs> I know. Um, yeah. Anyway, that was my Halloween. I'm sorry your kid's sick. We were like really grazed past that is she okay <laughs> i don't know she's blaze just texted me and said her fever's back we thought she was better but it's now at 1029 so we're like trying to trying to keep an eye on it um, i know nothing about babies obviously i say mm. that every time but i just want to remind everyone before they ask why i asked such a stupid question but <laughs> go ahead is she i'm sure i already know she's talking some is she talking entirely now fully fluent talking she's like chattering a lot she chatters a lot she tell she we can understand her and she definitely can tell us like what is going on or what okay. she needs or you know like can she communicate what hurts right now we keep asking and she kind of points in her mouth so part of me is like is it her throat like mm. i'm not sure if it's her throat or her teeth um maybe it's everything know. that poor maybe kid. it's both yeah exactly i don't really know um but it's tough because that means she's not going to school. So we're mm. home with her all day watching Dino Ranch. But, you know, Wee. there's worse things in the world. So, yeah. How big is yeah. she now? When she's standing next to you, where does her head go? Um, It goes wherever she wants to wipe her chocolatey mouth <laughs> on my pants. No. Um, I would say like. And you do the same to her. So shut the fuck up. So. <laughs> yeah. I started it. You're right. Um, I don't know. Like. My th mid thigh. Oh, she's a big kid. That's know. not a baby I'm anymore. Home size. Probably wrong. Yeah, I know. She's and she talks so much. She apparently went around for trick or treat, and like we just went to like two houses that we know. And um, she was like, she said trick or treat. Thank you. I love you. <laughs> and they were like, Ooh. we love you too. <laughs> she just likes reasons to talk to people, so she just. That's lovely. On and on and on and on. Yeah, she's 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 very fun, but she is um not feeling so well, unfortunately. Mm. Well, well, sorry to hear that. Hopefully, your tickle in your throat doesn't expand to anything worse. Like I'm forcing her out of the disease. building. She is not allowed to stay. So she's <laughs> okay. Good. Right. You had a talk she's with gonna, her. I forgot. She's gonna fucking relax. Yeah. Um, okay. Good. 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 Okay. Well. Is that why you drank your poor little babe? Uh, that and my newfound um, prowess in the oh. gay dating field, you know, even though I'm not acting on anything. But, newfound you know, it was, and short-lived. <laughs> it was short-lived. It was exciting for a minute. And then we walked home and went straight to bed. So I was like, wow, you know what? That was a win. Um, it wasn't the most exciting experience of my life, but I, I felt like I... Talk about an ego boost. Yeah, it was. It really was, and I wasn't even wearing a red lip. Blaze was, so I'm like, wow, you know, a table <laughs> I'm on <some> fire. <laughs> 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 um. Anyway, so yeah, that's why I drink. Thank you for that's asking. a good reason to drink. I mm. um. That's I guess that's why I drank because I was a little overwhelmed, and now I'm ready to just not have anything you are go like on in, a, in my brain. 
dark ass like you look like you're in a void like you've put yourself into a void i know sensory deprivation you know it's because all the halloween's all our halloween episodes are that's right but i i thought about putting another backdrop on and i could just go back to my old school like captain america shield i don't know what i'm gonna do yet I haven't figured it out, but I do want to do something transition a... as well, which is why there's just like empty bags of chips and a broken <laughs> ring light. And, you know, I'm I... in a transition state as well. Thank you. That makes me feel more seen because <laughs> every time I come on here, I even this is where I sit for my therapy. And every time she's like, what does this mean? <laughs> it's like, like uh, are, you... are you like blink twice if you yeah. need me to call <laughs> somebody? Like, Where's all your stuff? Are you just kind of... <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> have you been robbed are you in a sensory are you in a bunker bunker who knows i just feel bad i don't want my i feel like my last backdrop was a little too much and so now i'm trying to like but now this is like way too little so anyway we'll we'll find them we'll we'll find the medium ground we'll find it it's not today though um but i wanted to tell you oh last thing i know i'm so sorry we're already like hitting 20 minutes i wanted everybody make it 20 let's commit it's been 18 let's fucking commit Speaking of my therapist, um, who we love, she's a delight. Um, mm-hmm. The lovely people who sent us our tarot decks, as oh, yeah. we've discussed in the past. Um, I mentioned it to my therapist, and now part of my weekly work is that her and I pull a card together from <gasps> our And That's Why We Drink Tarot deck. Are you kidding? So that... I just wanted to thank everybody who was involved in creating so... that sweet because she also likes to find out what the card is because she likes to see the art so um does it is it just like a lemon every time and you're like motherfucker even worse the last time i pulled a card and it was someone whoever drew this card um whoever like literally illustrated the card it was a picture of me in my clown uniform that's right then i had to confess to my therapist that i have gone to clown college and that really derailed us so Um, she's basically just having like her own she just now she knows that these things she knows that if i pull enough of these cards it will probably pull a lot of context from my life i was gonna say she'll get to the bottom of it eventually once you hit all the cards yeah it was it happened to be on a day where we didn't have a lot to talk about and then i mentioned the cards and pulled the one of me in clown college and she was like well i guess we got something to talk about now all right we're locked and loaded baby i can't wait till you just keep pulling cards of me and she's like okay that seems to be your problem you need to get her away (laughs) um half these cards are demons I totally yeah. see why you've got sleep like, issues. No, that's my coworker. Oh, okay. A lot <laughs> is coming together here. <laughs> okay. So anyway, um, I wanted to thank everybody who was um, involved in the tarot deck, and you are now somehow um, additionally Healing part of my M's mental health journey. Child. Yeah. <laughs> Congratulations. By now, you've probably heard about Burrow, a new kind of furniture company known for timeless designs, durable materials, and details that make life in your space easier. Last year, they brought their expertise outside with the launch of their outdoor line, which I love, and now they're adding more must-have pieces to the collection. For example, Dunes offers seating, dining, and lounger options, while Scout is a new folding chair upholstered in a chic woven fabric. And I think I'm going to get two of those for the balcony. Blaze and I love to sit out there in the evenings after Leona goes to bed. And I love the idea of having a good-looking but also extremely useful and comfy place to sit outside. Made of durable materials made for all seasons, weather-resistant teak, stainless alloy, and quick-dry stain-resistant 
instant cushions with easy assembly and disassembly. This is the perfect thing for your outdoor space. They also just launched a new standing desk, Copilot, with adjustable height, a durable scratch-resistant body with built-in storage to make working at home easier than ever. I'm in the market for a new desk, um, so this is definitely going to be my next bookmark. And of course, there's Burroughs Legacy seating collections like the Nomad and Range, now available in new colors. And Em and I, that's like the only piece of furniture I think we actually share is our burrow sofa in the podcast department. Love that thing. And that's why we drink listeners can get 15% off their first order at burrow.com slash drink. That's burrow, B-U-R-R-O-W.com slash drink for 15% off. Burrow.com slash drink. It feels very fitting that Juniper is currently sitting on my lap uh, because we all want our cats to be healthy and happy because when they're happy, we're happy. But because we're not mind readers, we don't always know when they're unwell. And in my experience, cats are not the most, you know, open when it comes to sharing their woes. And there goes Juni, literally jumped right off me. So helping us keep tabs on our cat's health is just one reason you should use Pretty Litter. Pretty Litter's ultra absorbent crystals trap odor instantly. No more cat bathroom smell, thank God. Pretty Litter's super light crystal base also minimizes mess and dust. Plus, the crystals last up to a month, which means less scooping and fewer trips to the garbage can for Blaze, because that's his job. Here's the coolest thing about Pretty Litter. It changes colors to help monitor early signs of potential illness in our cats, including urinary tract infections and kidney issues, and Pretty Litter ships free right to your door in a small, lightweight bag. Pretty Litter has changed the game. The litter box is right near Leona's room, and so it is very delightful to not have that litter smell all the time when she's taking a nap. Plus, we can rest easy knowing that Juniper and his little kidneys are healthy. Pretty Litter helps keep tabs on my cat's health and keeps odors down. You and your cat are going to love Pretty Litter as much as we do. Go to prettylitter.com slash ATWWD and use code ATWWD to save 20% on your first order. That's prettylitter.com slash ATWWD, code ATWWD to save 20%. prettylitter.com slash ATWWD, code ATWWD. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Okay, the story I'm covering today, Christine. I think you'll like it. It feels like a classic and that's why we drink episode. (gasps) I feel like me as a person, I'm becoming the beginning of a website for a recipe because you know how like at the beginning. Oh my God. Where you have to scroll to recipe. Otherwise you never, ever can never, you can never just see the recipe. I have to like give it an intro and I'm noticing that in myself recently, but I also like learn what herbs you're growing in the garden before we actually get to your rosemary chicken recipe. Yeah. (laughs) So if you would like to scroll down through the recipe or skip 30 <laughs> seconds, you can do that. But I feel like this is a classic and that's why I drink. We don't get a lot of these anymore. So um, I, I, I'm I, bringing it back old school with an old school penitentiary. Yes! I love these. Love these. Love these. Love these. All right. This is the old Idaho penitentiary. <gasps> dun, dun, dun. Thank you. And... um. All right, so let's do it. It was it's in Boise, Idaho. It was open for just over a hundred years. It was a hundred one years old when it closed, Aww. and over the years, it housed over thirteen thousand inmates. Oof, and just over two hundred of them were women. Whoa, Fun that's fact. a twist. It opened in the eighteen seventies. Yowza, feels mm. like forever ago. It was. Um. And Idaho was just a territory at the time. It was not part of the Union. It oh, was that's very weird much to think about. <laughs> Idaho wasn't part of the U.S. Um, it was very much a lawless frontier land. You would have eaten that shit up. Love it. I was probably there. Okay, right in oh. Idaho. That sounds right. So, either 
I don't know. There were different sources, but the two with the most likeliness is that they created a jail because either a prison was needed since it was such a lawless land mm-hmm. or they were trying to join the union. And one of the requirements to be a state was to have a state prison. Oh, OK. I was going to ask with the lawless land why there was a prison. Right. I, He's I'm like, well, that. that's yeah. not very lawless of you. <laughs> Sounds pretty lawful. OK. <laughs> <laughs> so uh, one source says that the jail started as a one cell house, which, you know, I love a one room. Anything. You sure do. But it was a one cell house. And I feel like that's kind of on brand for a lawless town. It's like if we need a prison, here's a room. How's that? Yeah. It's like when they used to just like <laughs> toss like Billy the Kid in and like chain up his hands and be like, I'm going to hang you later, um, but I'm going to go get a beer across the street. It's like what kind of exactly. fucking ruthless, lawless place is this? Aha. Uh-huh. I'll put you in here. Grab a drink. And if you're just, gone, like, you're gone. Don't go anywhere. <laughs> okay. <laughs> I'm trusting you. I'm trusting you with this key. So. The the one source that said it was a one cell house then says it just built upon itself over time. It does feel like that's probably the story. It feels very on brand. And it was nicknamed the old pen. And uh, the original inmates, I feel like this is kind of classic of a lot of jails, but the very original inmates had to help build the prison Ugh. walls. And like, I just can't imagine having to construct the walls that like and building behind the walls. Like, just knowing that as it gets taller, you get more trapped. That's like its its own mental torment. It is. It it feels so chilling. I don't know. There's something like so extra sinister about that. You would think. I don't know. You you have a loose brick, right? That's what I'm saying. Every time I'm like, they must be keeping a close eye on these folks. Because otherwise you'd think, why don't I just no mortar on these few bricks? We'll just poke them out. Like yeah, Jenga and you know, uh, yeah. I I wonder if they're being like closely monitored, uh, but I don't know. But also, like, yeah, I wonder how that works because does that mean for every inmate there was like a sheriff holding them with chains and having right. to watch them? Like, that, think about literally watching dry, paint dry. Like, that's watching somebody else build walls. Like, you like might as well watching just join someone in. else watch paint dry is basically what you're doing. <laughs> like you're literally <laughs> watching someone else stare at the wall. Well, uh, apparently they were involved in building the prison's walls by mining for rock at the nearby quarry. The whole place was built of sandstone. So, um, And before the prison expanded, it said that there were no separate cells. Um, so Oof. that means men, women, and children were all locked up together. Yikes. Yikes. The youngest person ever housed here was in 1912, a... like. 10 or 11 year old kid was in jail and again two different references tell me that he was either there for stabbing his parent (gasps) or stabbing someone threatening his parent so like it's two very different it doesn't matter which one it is we're gonna put you in jail either way yeah (laughs) no winning in this case um so the jail opened in the 1870s but by 1906 they clearly saw that the women needed to be separate from the men locked in a prison all day wow um so moment of silence for all the women before 1906 who had to be locked up with them um and it was just kind of like this ramshackle cell that it was kind of like out of um 
immediate urgency that they put the women in a different area. But then a few years later in the 1920s, they actually officially built a women's block. Um, oh, okay. The cells did not have plumbing. So you can see where we're going Excellent. here. The pl- I guess there was plumbing as of the 1920s, but I don't know if that means toilets. Um, I only saw pictures for like sinks and showers, and it sounds oh. like they were very... Um, it was the norm there to not have a toilet, but to have a communal honeypot, a.k.a. bucket, that was Ugh. cleaned once a day. Why but, you gotta call it a food item? I know. And like, they, I guess the word honey has been a reference to poop for a long time since we think, like, honey dippers are still, like, the people who clean the I've never heard bodies. that in my life. Oh, really? Never. What is it? A honey dipper? I don't know if that's even the right word for it. What is but it? It's a person who cleans porta potties. I had no idea. <laughs> That's what I've always heard. That was um one of the jobs that people always put when you'd play mash. <laughs> oh my god! Of course, I can't believe I didn't know that. Like that's so. Re- oh, I guess because you're like scrub it. Like it looks like one of those honey dipper thingies. Like yeah, putting the tube in there Scrubbing. or whatever. Yeah, I actually don't know how they clean a porta potty. I mean, I don't either. Let's be honest. <laughs> I am looking up honey dipper. A worker who collects household sewage from sewage tanks. Okay. Okay. Hey. All right. Wow. Uh, apparently, get gets paid pretty damn well. Um, you have so, to. Yeah. Give me that mash uh, if, answer any day. If you do um, a job nobody wants, you get paid a lot. So yeah, and you, it's got someone's got to do it. Um. Anyway, honey pot. That was uh the bucket, the name for the bucket that they Cute. would all use together and clean once a day. I wonder who pulled the short straw and was the honey dipper du jour um, each time. But the so in the 1920s, it sounds like there was its real first genuine general expansion um, on top of building a woman's block and in and putting in plumbing. Uh, the prison also built a dungeon. Yay. Oh, so. Geez. In 1923, they built something called the Cooler. Oh my god, that is so scary already. The Cooler, god damn it. Which I don't know why they called it that because it's it was their version of like solitary confinement, but I don't know what the cool part was. Um, I, I wonder if it's because it's in Idaho and it's probably just fucking cold down there in a dungeon. Is it? I don't know anything about weather in the Midwest. Uh, I mean, it gets. I, if it helps, it was 40 degrees last night uh, here in Kentucky. So I imagine, oh. I think Boise sure. gets pretty damn cold. Um, it looks I know like it is Midwest. currently 45 degrees Fahrenheit uh, on November 1st. So oh, if that okay. tells you anything, I don't know. You know what? Your guess is as good as mine because I it really there was no context. It was just yeah. called the cooler. And I expect maybe it to be like, like a torch cool, device. What if it's like maybe like a cooler like, oh, you have to cool down. You have to get. In the cooler. I love that that would be their thinking. It's like, <laughs> time out <laughs> Why space. Why don't you chill out? We have just the thing. <laughs> it's called the cooler. I wonder if it was called the cooler. because I Later we talk about the, the conditions of the jail, and a lot of people said it was too cold in there. Well, okay. Excuse I think me. that answers so, your question, my friend. That might be it. Um, So, in 1923, they built the cooler. And it was for solitary confinement. It was apparently meant for two people max, but up to six people would be crammed in there. Yikes. Um, also, it's not solitary confinement if there's six people. Okay, guys? Like, that's not how solitary confinement works. So I'm also confused by this because there's three different types of solitary confinement. 
or there's oh. three different names for three different areas where they put people away for solitary. But all of them are really small and all of them cram way too many people in there. So I don't know the difference between them, except like they're just different versions of the same bad. Um, <laughs> because three years later, they created something called Siberia, um, <gasps> which was apparently even worse solitary confinement. And there were 12 cells that were just about the size of a twin mattress. Oh, no. Um and they would cram a bunch of people in there. Um, it was oh. long enough for one person to like sleep, I guess, in it. And then, but they kept putting more people in there. Oof. There was no light. There was no water. There was no plumbing. There was no furniture in these cells. They would feed them essentially gruel three times a day. Um, they had to use the, a communal honey honey pot, and they were only left. They were only given. Sorry, they were only given an hour a week outside of these cages to shower. That's disturbing. There's also something called the hole, which is the same concept where six to eight people would be shoved in a space where only one person should be. Um, and it said multiple inmates were crammed into all these spaces, sometimes kept up, kept, sometimes kept there for up to a year. But the average was 30 days. So you're up still kept in there year. for a month. Jesus. Um, by the way, you've been blurry for like five, ten minutes. I just haven't I didn't know whether to say anything. And then. It's just Sorry, everybody. Not coming back. We can delete that if you want. If any, no, you're good. If anyone was wondering, your glasses were just smudged. That's all. Yeah, clean your damn glasses. That was really dirty and gross of you. So, like, you gross. should clean them better. Okay. Sicko. Um. But yeah, so they were just stuck in there for at least a month, sometimes up to a year. It was very horrible. Um. A lot of people went insane in there. A lot of people died by suicide in there. Oh. Um. Imagine and, that, like, and then you're you're co-bunk mate or whatever dies by yeah. suicide and you're in there still for oh gosh mm -hmm. so dark and also i mean like think about the people who would like what if you put two violent inmates together mm -hmm. and they're going crazy what if they one of them killed each other you know i mean i'm sure it happened the conditions were very brutal very inhumane especially with ventilation sanitation and overpopulation um, the facility was built out of sandstone, like I said, which made extreme temperatures feel even worse, both hot and cold. So if it was just chilly outside, it's now freezing. If it was a little warm, it's an oven. Uh, the facility also, <laughs> their conditions were just super unbearable that inmates from the very beginning began protesting. The first protest was in 1935. It was in the dining hall, and it sounds a bit like a food fight. It was just oh. dishes and tables going everywhere. Um, and in 1952, there was another protest that turned into a violent riot, which created thousands of dollars of damage. Mm. In 1966, there was a peaceful strike by 300 inmates, which I didn't see coming. Uh, oh, it's like a hippie era. They're like, let's try a new tactic. Yeah, love, man. Love. In 1971, though, things shift gears, and mm. it's a very violent three-hour riot. The prison is looted, and in a lot of areas, it's caught on fire. Oh, um, there's $25,000 worth of damage at the end, Jeez. and two inmates were shivved to death. Another, I'm so sorry, was sexually assaulted to death. <gasps> I don't oh, know how that. else to put it. Oh, no, 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 no. Um, he was cornered in the shower by several people. Oh, God. Oh, God. Oh, God. Um, two years later was another incredibly violent riot. 
and uh, it caused four times the amount of damage, so $100,000 in damage. Oh, four buildings caught on fire. The dining hall and the chapel were completely burned to the ground. Oh, my God. Um, and that was the last riot because that one is the one that uh, caused the prison to close. Okay. I was like, are they not getting the message? Like, every time this happens, they're like, anyway, let's go back to how we were doing it before. I, they, I literally, the fact that they closed the place instead of just gave people some better conditions is crazy to me. Yeah. They're like, yeah, fine. If you're not going to get in Siberia again, then right. I guess we're done here. If you don't want to share the poop bucket, then I yeah. guess I don't know what to do. Um, oh, shut the God. whole thing down. So in general about this place, there was uh, house number five, cell house number five, or they would call it five house. That was max security. It had the most dangerous inmates. It also had death row and an execution chamber. <gasps> there were 10. Let me make sure I get these numbers right. Apparently at the time in Idaho, there were 11 people that were sentenced to death. 10 of them were killed here. Oh, wow. Of the 10 who were killed here, six of them were killed in the garden, or which originally had gallows, and then they built, like, a beautiful little garden. Wow. I was like, the garden. What a nice euphemism for the gallows. <laughs> yeah. And then the rest of them were killed in the chamber. Is this, um, like, a, a gas chamber? A noose. Oh, okay. Hanging. So they're still hanging them just yeah. in inside. They now. just okay. built a space outside. They wanted the garden. So Yeah, they were like, um, we need some time to commune with nature before we, you know, right. end your life. Sure. Other deaths on the ground included murder, suicide, industrial accidents, old age, illness, and in total, somewhere around 120 to 130 people died in this prison. Jesus. Some of these dangerous inmates that lived here were I'll give you four examples. In 1905, there was a guy named Harry Orchard, and he killed 18 people, including the governor of Idaho. Okay. Big fucking wow. big crime. Um, yeah. yeah, I imagine that didn't go over quite well. He became one of the oldest inmates here and spent 45 years here before dying in prison. Jeez. In 1921, there was a woman named Lida Southard, who poisoned her entire family, including her <gasps> four-year-old daughter, for life insurance. Oh, shit. Um, then there was Douglas Van Vlock, who, Von Vlock, who stalked and kidnapped his ex-wife. Oh, um, then, while fleeing, he killed two cops and then shot and killed his ex-wife. Oi. He was captured, but on his execution day... He ran from the cops, ran through the prison, climbed up three tiers of the jail cells, and jumped to his death. Oh, my God. And then the last one is in 1956, a guy named Raymond Snowden, a.k.a. Idaho's Jack the Ripper. What? I gotta look into that. He uh, was arrested because he was out at a bar and he got really aggressive very quickly with a woman and when she rejected him he pulled out a knife oh shit and he stabbed her at least 30 times oh my god cutting off her nipple <gasps> and severing her spinal cord <gasps> oh um, you know i hate that oh god oh god he was hanged in the gallows but the floor when the trapdoor dropped, his neck didn't break, and he suffocated for 15 minutes until he died. Fucking hell, dude. What is this guy's name? Edward Snowden? No. That's no. <laughs> Raymond Snowden. <laughs> right. I'm sorry. Not to be confused with. Uh, okay. Wow. I'm going to have to. I just bookmarked that because I'm 
going to look into that later. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, so those are just some of the people who were there. Um, and like I said, in 1973, there was that last riot and it destroyed too much of the property. So the inmates ended up being relocated to other facilities and the prison closed. It sat abandoned until it opened as a museum. Mm. Um, and that's where it is today. I wanted to end the history part of this on a fun note, which oh. is that in 1952, on Memorial Day, an inmate smuggled a kitten in his pocket into the jail. Somehow the guards didn't notice or let it go. And the inmates all named this kitten Dennis. Oh, Dennis the kitty cat. And guards let the inmates keep him. And he brought morale to the prison and all the inmates took care of him and he served for 16 years i'm gonna cry you know that you know i'm gonna cry that is so sweet dennis the menace dennis the menace he's He's a little jailhouse cat and when he passed the inmates had a funeral for dennis (gasps) and they were allowed to make a plaque for him at his burial site see that's how you should be running i mean you shouldn't be running prison at all like this is a story for another day but like (laughs) come on i mean that's much more effective right to like yeah i mean they got and nowadays they've got like you know therapy dogs and and, yeah 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 i feel like that's really actually shown to be i don't know uh yeah rehabilitating yeah rehabilitating yeah to care and love for something you know (laughs) for everyone in the community to enjoy the same thing yeah yeah sure um but yeah so dennis the kitty cat and he was very loved and that's all that matters so um so now i will tell you the ghosts so this is one of america's most haunted prisons even when the prison was in use inmates claimed that the place was haunted i was gonna ask about that yeah that always freaks me out. It's, like, it's really ooh, trippy. Uh, in the garden where the gallows originally were set up, there's apparently a male presence. Uh, people have seen a spirit there wearing prison, like designated gardening clothes, and he's oh. seen taking care of the plants. Oh, that's kind of nice, I guess. I, I like that he's not being fucking bothered. He's like, yeah, at least he's outside in the afterlife, like, again, communing with nature yeah spirits are also most active in this area around 3 a.m people have seen moving cold spots even when it's a hot night people hear screams and laughter in the garden um and then uh, people have also felt uh there is one reporter who came there i guess for the ghosts or for the history of this prison and they got a really weird light in the garden and pretty Soon after that, all of a sudden, this reporter started having a really bad headache, like someone was pressing on his head. Ooh. So they took a picture of him, and there's a weird orb hovering above his head at, at that moment. Ooh, so like uh, someone was like squeezing his head or putting their fingers in his eyes or something? Yeah. Ooh. That's, you know, I'm expecting when there's a ghost, like something to touch my back or grab my hair or something. Like a light graze or a breeze. Poking my eyes is fucking like a cheap shot because like yeah, I, don't, hello. I can't. That's not fair. I can't see that coming, you know. I mean, literally, literally. Um, but yeah, I feel like there's just certain things that even like no matter if you're see through or not, 
Like no one's no groin shots. It's like you know, off like, limits. You're right. Yeah. Like it sh- there should be like an unspoken rule here. Yeah, you can possess you. me, but don't touch my eyeball. Like <laughs> Jesus, you fuck. can haunt my nightmares and cling to my soul, but don't touch my eyeball. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. So in Five House, which also had Death Row in it, mm. allegedly this is the most haunted and the most active, which I think all of us saw coming. Mm-hmm. People can hear moaning in there, like moaning and groaning. People feel dread, like they're in danger. People get overwhelmingly sad, which makes a lot of sense. People hear someone gasping for air. Oh, Jesus. So they think that might be Raymond who yeah. suffocated for 15 minutes. Ugh. People see shadows by the noose. Ooh. Batteries will die. There's still There's a weird... noose? Or There's still like... a noose sitting there. Yes. I don't like yeah. that. Which Zach Bagans loved playing with, by the way. Okay, well, no comment. <laughs> mm-hmm. Uh, There's weird lights in the area. One person actually was in the execution chamber um, and heard the door slam outside and then every light on the second floor went out. Oh, jeez. Oh, ew. Hate In this area, people also hear someone kicking and whooshes of air as if something's (gasps) falling. Oh, no. People um, in general in the prison hear whispers, talking, screams, running, knocks, cell doors slam, uh, someone running their hands on the bars, like hearing the echoing of the bars. Talk about like a chilling sound. I know. And banging on pipes. Um, People see flickering lights. They see apparitions. They see shadow figures walking out of cells. They see weird lights and pictures, orbs, and pictures of a solid black figure. And sometimes people have looked into solitary confinement and seen a bl- solid black figure sitting and then stand up and walk towards them. Eww, no. People have felt, uh, like I said, unexplained sadness and dread. They have gotten shoved. People have felt fingers run through their hair. And uh, another investigator actually got a picture of an orb as her battery drained to zero on all of her equipment, but caught an EVP right before the machine died, and the voice said, I'm here. <laughs> thanks, we noticed. Ugh. Yeah, you killed all of our equipment. Yeah, thanks. thanks a lot. Deactivated alarms go off on their own, breaker box switches get toggled with, and doors will deadbolt themselves from the inside so nobody can get in when they try to open up the next day. That's cursed. That's horrible. I don't know what this means. But the ghost of Dennis the cat appears. I was going to ask. I don't even know what that means, but maybe there's little meows. <laughs> maybe you just hear like. Oh. And you're like, that's like, that's Dennis. Yeah. It's also like. If something's rubbing up on you, you hope it's a cat. You just got to tell yourself, oh, someone's pushing my eyeballs in. It must be the cat. Please, don't, God. I hope it's a cat just playing it. bakery with my eyeballs. Yeah. yeah. It's just <laughs> kneading, playing. Yeah, exactly. Making bread in my eyes. Yeah. <laughs> so in block two, there's apparently a spirit of a large man named Big Louie. I love sure. that. Of course. He likes to shove people. He also likes to bother mediums. Um, <laughs> I like that. He just likes to bother them. He's like, oh, here they come. He's like, I'm not going to cause any big problems, but I am going to fuck with you a little bit. Back of my bullshit. Speaking of mediums, uh, the guy that died in that riot, who like really violently died in that riot, yeah. Apparently, mediums can still see his residual energy replaying oh. his death. Oh, oh no, oh no, oh no! I can't, I can't even. That's I can't even imagine being the medium and witnessing no. that. That's Oof. traumatic in and of itself. I would think. 
Um, in Siberia, people get touched, grabbed. They see apparitions. One medium said that an inmate still sits in his cell. Can you imagine after dying, That's you still feel worst. trapped in jail? Yeah, because we always say the worst is if you are still stuck at work. But stuck in prison is arguably way, way worse than all like, of the above. Did he just like feel safe there, or does he think he like can't go anywhere and yeah, like it's is he really stuck? a life sentence? Duck? Is it a choice? Yeah, it's hard. It's or is it just like residual? I don't know. Um, one of my favorite things that a medium talked about uh, with this prison is that uh, Harry Orchard, one of the not so great people that stayed here, and then a woman named Cora, who we think was Raymond Snowden's victim. Oh. The two of them didn't know each other as far as we know in life, but the two of them love talking to the mediums yeah. and showing around the prison. Great. So now they're buds is what we're they're saying. They're buds. I mean, they're not like they're not related to each other, but I guess she found somebody else who's not as terrible as the guy who killed her. Ugh. And the two of them apparently always pop in and out with mediums and are very excited to like share information about the jail to the mediums oh so um, this is not sorry so this is not raymond snowden it's the victim the victim and then another random guy i mentioned oh harry orchard guy okay harry orchard was the guy who killed the governor got it okay he and cora are are like tight apparently got it okay okay i understand i thought you meant like the two no murderers. no no okay got it got it got it um yeah two random non-related she's ghosts. there i don't know why either but I mean, maybe because he was yeah, like her like, killer Let me was take so a evil. Take a look at where he ended up. I don't know. But mediums say that they are very eager to host whenever the mediums come in. Um, Harry, especially, is the unofficial guide, and he will pop in and out of investigations just to chime in whenever people have questions. Great. <laughs> um, it's like, dude, get away from me. Uh, investigators have spoken with another inmate named Jake, who really likes the flashlight method, where oh. if you unscrew it just ever so lightly then he can play yes or no games harry also will infiltrate this game and say sorry jake i'm ready to talk again harry you've had he, your you've had your moment come on honestly if you're maybe if he's still stuck in jail he's just excited for any he's conversation like, oh, fun field trip you know when you've got the holidays the new year and then all of a sudden it's sort of back to the grind especially if you run a small business it can be really hard to get back into the swing of things but stamps.com is here to make that a little bit easier for you stamps.com streamlines all your mailing and shipping to turbocharge your operational efficiencies for 25 years now stamps.com has been indispensable for over 1 million businesses whether they're mailing out checks invoices legal documents books podcast branded koozies maybe that's just us or anything else get access to the USPS and UPS mailing services you need to run your business right from your computer anytime, day or night. No lines, no traffic, no waiting. And with rates you can't find anywhere else, like up to, get this, 89% off USPS and UPS, how could you go wrong? We have loved Stamps.com for years, not quite 25, but since we started the podcast, which was 2017, and we could not get by without it. I remember there were days where we didn't have Stamps.com, those I call the dark ages, and I was hand shipping everything and driving it on my lunch break to the post office. It was all very hectic. Stamps.com, I do it straight from my house, and it makes my life a trillion times easier. Keep your mailing and shipping moving at the speed of your business with Stamps.com. Sign up with promo code DRINK for a special offer that includes a four-week trial plus free postage and a free digital scale 
No long-term commitments or contracts. Just go to stamps.com, click the microphone at the top of the page, and enter code DRINK. This episode is brought to you by Progressive, where drivers who save by switching save nearly $750 on average. Plus, auto customers qualify for an average of seven discounts. Quote now at Progressive.com to see if you could save. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. National average 12-month savings of $744 by new customers surveyed who saved with Progressive between June 2022 and May 2023. Potential savings will vary. Discounts not available in all states and situations. The same team that heard from Harry and Jake also got a picture of a dark shadow, uh, a dark shadow figure in the corner. And people, including Zach, have gotten dark shadow figures with a hood over its head like an Uh, executioner. Oh, no, 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 no. Speaking of Zach, let's do it. So (laughs) this was one of his very first episodes. I almost feel like I've seen it, but like he's probably done so many jails it might not be the same one but a part of me is like that sounds familiar season one episode eight so okay. eighth episode ever he was not peak zach bagans no yet. not yet huh he wasn't committed fully yet um he did he do a few evolved things into his fullest form i will say the main thing that happened in like zach bagans behavior that uh-huh. Uh-huh. was telling you it would only get worse from here is that um, he goes up into the the hills to get an aerial view of the prison before they investigate. And there are a lot of rattlesnakes out there. Oh, oh God. And he is fully panicked because he hates snakes. Oh, okay. Um, I didn't know that. He's terrified. Every day. Every step he takes, he freaks out and points at the ground and goes, Nick, 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 look, 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 and fully panics. Is there a snake when he does that, or is it like... Oh, no, there actually are rattlesnakes everywhere. Okay, so he's actually Um, seeing them. He's not just freaking out every time, like, a leaf falls or something. No, but that would have been funny. No, he's actually fully (laughs) panicking. He's seeing these snakes. That is scary. I'll give him that. And yet, for someone who's so scared, he sees three, and after the third, after three times of losing his mind... Uh-huh. He decides that he's going to uh, face his fears, and he grabs no! a rattlesnake with his bare hands. No, what kind of moron? I mean, come on, you can't. Come on. He then drops it out of fear and runs away, and then he says, "This is Indiana killed. Jones. Do you want to suck the venom out of me?" <laughs> Wait, who is he talking to? <laughs> uh, maybe us, but also me. Nick. This is Indiana Jones. Do you want to suck the venom out of me? Zachary, this is not Indiana Jones. Also, stop touching the snakes, you fucking dummy. He grabbed it with both of his hands and then say I'm so scared of snakes and then literally pick it up. Like that it that's bullshit. I don't know what he was trying to do there, but not what I would have done. That's for damn sure. First of all, Shock. going uphill, I wouldn't have First done that. Of all, like, we wouldn't even be there. Okay, let's be whether real. or not a snake was there. I would have if I heard, let's climb a mountain to get an aerial view. I'd be like, we've got drones for that. Oh, next, but, right? Drones are there. Also, um, also the hill is the snake's house. I'm not going in the snake's house. They can have their house. I don't want it. That's why I don't touch oceans because that's the fish's the house. Fish house. I hate fish. Why that's would I right. go there? 
Can you imagine like, if I'm like, I hate fish, I hate fish, and then I grab a fucking shark? Like, what? And, and like, bite it or something. You're like, yeah. oh, I hate fish. Here, <laughs> let me pick it up and throw it at Aaron. Maybe that And then help. I say, this is Indiana Jones. <laughs> Suck something out of me. <laughs> By the way, after he ran away, which is the best part, he's like, what? Runs away and then says, this is Indiana. It's like, okay, either you're going to be badass or you're just going to be a He made half ass. a decision and then the rest of right. it kind of fell, but- he was probably hoping the editors would cut out the part where he dropped it, you know. But they yeah, like, and then the no, editors were like, <laughs> "I don't have to do anything you say not. yet. We're only eight episodes in." Yeah, we don't know the power you will, the stranglehold you'll have on the Travel Channel someday. <laughs> <laughs> so um, the only things they caught was a shadow was seen moving around Aaron, and then something grabbed Aaron. It was a snake. I'm telling you. I, so now I'm just convinced Aaron's gonna get bit by one of these fucking snakes. Just be well, so. Poetic. Um, here's a super fucked up thing. Of course, of course, Zach put Aaron in the shower where that guy was violently killed sexually. I mean, okay. Not tasteful? Is that what you were gonna say? Hmm, Me too. (laughs) Yeah, I think I was gonna say that, but in a not tasteful way. So let's just say not tasteful. Not tasteful. Uh he said, Oh, that sounds terrible. Guess where I want to put Aaron now? And then he literally locked him inside and then left. So um there was a dark mist near zach's arm uh as he felt something touch him and then later there was evidence like picture evidence that there was something there there was a convincing shadow figure they got on camera but other than that they really didn't really catch too much the snake thing was obviously the most incredible um (laughs) they had to keep it in there really wasn't enough content yeah so the last thing i'm going to say is like I said, 1973, the riot made the pr- the prison close down and they, it became a museum. It is now on the National Register of Historic Places. They offer several tours and, well, several tours. They do guided and non-guided, okay. guided and self-guided tours. They also have a gift shop. You know, I love a gift shop. Yes. And, Christine, I have what? to end on this. Tell me. The museum now does a lot of, um, I guess, fundraisers, charities, events. Um, I assume to get some sort of money to help preserve mm. the, the prison. They host art shows. They do film competitions. And a personal favorite for you, me, and everyone listening is that they host their annual Dennis the Cat Day. <gasps> where it's always <laughs> celebrated the week of May 26th, which was Dennis's birthday. His birthday. And he would have turned 71 this year. My Happy birthday, buddy! His birthday party always has every year food trucks, drinks, <laughs> pet vendors, limited Dennis the Cat merch, a history presentation on him, and a prison pause scavenger hunt. Stop! And to attend, you must donate pet food, which goes to the Humane Society and Boise's No Kill Adoption Center. Oh my god, it's perfect! I just got goose cam. I. I'm getting goose cam again. That is the sweetest thing I ever heard. Um, I'm Googling that. Can we go in May? Yes. If someone does actually work at this penitentiary, if oh, you wanted to please. send us Dennis the cat merch, I would oh, lose my fucking brain. Oh, please. I want to go so bad. Um, um, wow. I hope they sing him happy birthday every year. Yeah. What a fun birthday party. And they and they bring like his his plaque is still there where he's buried. So people will go over there and leave him <laughs> treats and flowers. Mm. I like to think that some of the, uh, you know, um, inmates come for the party, you know, and yeah. just like cheers to to Dennis. 
Yeah, I hope Dennis comes. I sh- he's probably like, um, I'm really busy. I actually have a lot of friends in the afterlife. He's like, 71 years, I still don't have a concept of a birthday, so this makes no sense. And he would just <laughs> <A> leave. <what>? <laughs> he would probably only give a shit about the random bag in the storage room. So The, the treats and stuff. Yeah, yeah. The bag. And the- <laughs> yeah. Oh, anyway, that buddy. is the old Ohio State Penitentiary. I thought it was Idaho. What did I say? Ohio. I think that's shit. I was looking at you and said Ohio. Uh, Old Idaho State Penitentiary. Wow. Um. Oh my God. I can't get over Dan. First of all, I can't get over the fact that there was still a penitentiary you haven't covered. Um. So I know. Thrilling. And uh, wow. Um. Dennis just and really stole Dennis my heart. I'm not gonna lie. Paws and his meows. His little potty. Oh Aww. gosh, I can't. Anyway, if you ever end up in Idaho for some reason, I hope it's May 26, and I hope you spend I the sure whole day in a prison. <laughs> I'm ready. I'm like, do, are there flights to Boise, Idaho? I don't know. Maybe I drive there. Oh, I just oh. want a Dennis the Cat shirt so bad. I want to see how far Cincinnati to Boise is. Let's see. Um, oh, okay. It's only 28 hours. <laughs> oh, hey, great. Okay. That doesn't sound cool. That That's way, you know, I'm not good at geography. I did not know where Idaho was. I am yeah. a piece of shit. I'm looking at it like, huh, that is not what I expected. I, I thought it was closer to like the Dakotas. Uh, I don't honestly couldn't tell you. I know it's literally right by Oregon. Like anyone listening who is not from the U.S., you're right. The education system has you're right. I'm proving drastically it. failed us. Yeah, I'm proving it right now. Um, if you needed proof. Yikes. Embarrassing. <sighs> anyway. You nailed you it. Have good it. job. Good job. Good job. Um, well, I today have a story that I don't know if you'll, I mean, you won't like it, obviously, but I also oh. don't know because, you know, it's a bummer. <laughs> but uh, I also wonder if. I, th- I feel like you- I-, I was trying to decide whether or not you liked the unsolved stories, but I think you said no, right? You're not into the unsolved stories because it doesn't provide any closure or answers. Is that right? It's it's one of those mixed bags where like I yeah. can appreciate that I can theorize and not feel like I'm pointing fingers at anyone. And- right, right, right. Or I can I can of- point fingers at everyone and and there's no and way no to know. know. Right, right, right. Yeah. Yes, and I also feel like part of it is the allure of the mystery right like you're like i want someone to solve this i want to get answers but then there's yeah, also I just the get angry. frustration yeah of like well shit now what you know um and i i do like to cover them for that story as well just because uh i don't know in case on the off chance somebody happens to have some relevant information like it's a call to submit what you know uh yeah. see something say something so for what it's worth i'm covering a missing person today i really had to hide myself from going yay because i, I heard I it i heard it but it's I'm not ex- good uh yay to the mystery that allows yeah. me to critically think and try to come up with the answer that nobody's figured out yet yeah I, like that's the other thing about mysteries like yeah I always, it's like, there's got to be a little pinch of narcissism to me where I'm like, I'll crack it. Like, I mean, yeah, nobody it, else it's human nature, it. right? It's like, oh, I'll solve the puzzle. And it's like, oh, right. Nobody else has been able to, but I'll do it. Sure yeah. thing. Yeah. 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 Um, no, I think that's definitely just human nature. But I basically saw this story on an episode of Disappeared um, on mm. Discovery Plus. Uh sickeningly one of my comfort shows and uh, mine's to catch a predator don't okay worry. there you go see listen we all have our thing um 
And this is the disappearance of Kimberly Avila. Avila Avila. I'm pretty sure it's Avila. So okay. this was an episode of Disappeared. I literally messaged our researcher, Sersha, immediately and was like, can we just put this on the docket? And mm -hmm. Sersha watched the episode two and was like, uh, I'm doing the notes now. And I was like, okay, okay. <laughs> like, let's go. Let's let's fucking nail this. Let's solve let's it. solve it <laughs> <laughs> oh lord um and i want to point out as well because this is a story of a uh a trans woman mm. but uh her her family off so we're going to use she her pronouns but her family often uses uh interchanges between he him and she her because uh she identified as gender fluid and said she was completely happy with uh she anything. her they them he his so it was sort of like some people have given the family shit for using different pronouns but like th that's how she was comfortable sure. at home um, sure. and so we are going to use she her pronouns obviously because we are not <laughs> in that place where we can just you decide test the waters <laughs> yeah exactly not our place so that is just a little like heads up so if you do go watch the episode after this anybody um just you know then you, you can be aware that like she was very she was perfectly comfortable with um the kind of interchangeable pronoun sure she's giving so, jvn energy she's giving jvn exactly 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 so we are going to brownsville texas and this is a city on the border of mexico it's a roughly got a population of 190,000 people or so and uh, according to a news anchor in the Rio Grande Valley, or is it Rio? Well, it's Rio Grande in, in U.S. I imagine it's not Rio, Rio Grande. Gra Rio Grande. <laughs> that sounds even Damn. more American somehow. Rio Grande. Yeah, because uh, only half of it feel, <laughs> only half yeah. of it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So Derek Garcia, he's a news anchor down there. Um, and he was kind of a talking head in this episode. And he believes that because the town has such a strong uh, root in catholic culture especially being so close to mexico um mm -hmm. this can make it pretty difficult uh for people in the queer community because obviously catholicism has some pretty conservative values mm -hmm. and so according to the human rights campaign texas itself this is probably not surprising i might not know where idaho is but i do know that texas is considered a high-risk state for uh LGBT community members uh, because of hate crimes, the sheer volume of anti-LGBTQ plus bills that move through here every year, um, legislation, etc. You know, it's not really news to us. Uh, so finding equal housing and employment opportunities can be a huge uh, hurdle for people, especially transgender people in rural areas of Texas. So people also, as you know, Many of us are at least, you know, many of us can be sympathetic to. I'm sure some of our audience has also experienced this, just this fear of being rejected by their family members for coming out. Um, and many are rejected by their family members for coming out. But, you know, for what it's worth, that was not the case for Kimberly. She was deeply loved and cherished by her entire family, which I feel like is a story we don't often find in these crime cases either. You know what I mean? Like, yeah, it's a lot just, of it's just, I feel like there's a, um, a lot of people we talk about are isolated in some way. And yes, yes, yes. But and it, this it, time it's, around, they at least had, she at least had a lot of things going for her with the, 100%. the unconditional support. <laughs> yeah, no. And, and that's why I think this was such a striking story. Like it, it 
turned kind of a lot of these stereotypes on their head on its head on their head um and so on her I, head, on her head. <laughs> yeah who's to say right no um and so yeah that's kind of what struck me about this uh her family just adored her and at a young Aww. age they noticed you know she liked to do traditionally more girly things like playing with dolls dressing up in her mom's clothes and before coming out as trans her family said you know they thought she was gay which is i think often like right like a transitional thing um trying <laughs> to find part yourself. of the pipeline yeah <laughs> right it's the pipeline trying to find your identity um and so they thought she was gay and they loved and accepted that and said like they would not have changed a single thing about her it wasn't even like a question in their minds um which is great because i imagine that made it safer for her uh made it feel safer for her to you know continue that journey sure so kimberly was extremely close with her sister yvonne and their youngest brother now here's where i'm getting another hole so his name is noe and i have been watching like a million youtube videos trying to find the right pronunciation i've watched some of the weirdest most random vloggers and uh mariachi bands on youtube oh. trying to figure out how to pronounce this name and so of course i've gotten three different pronunciations but the one i'm gonna go with is noe like n-o-e noe noe mm -hmm. noe okay um, because that seems to be the most commonly accepted pronunciation. Um, some people just said no, and I was like, I, don't I would have, I would have thought no. Maybe no or Noah, Noe. Some people said Noe, um, and so I think it's just kind of one of those like lost in translation type things where they probably yeah. get used to hearing all sorts of different pronunciations. Um, yeah. So I'm gonna say Noah, because that seems to be the most commonly used pronunciation i apologize if i am butchering anybody else's name out there uh but noah the brother uh kimberly's younger brother basically said he never imagined wanting anything else for kimberly except for her to feel like herself uh and feel so like sweet. as at home with herself as possible and so when she grew up she began dressing in you know more feminine outfits to go out on the weekends she would wear wigs and makeup to tie her looks together she loved putting on makeup and her sister yvonne said that's what made her happy so we accepted it which damn uh you know i, w I wish more of the world were worked that way i know this is the uh the like picket fence family i wish totally. everyone like would look to for wholesome values agreed a hundred percent and the fact that it's in like rural texas is a wild thing to me but also really a special thing i feel like that's got to be i don't know and uh, i just want to know their story like how, how did you too? get there how did you how get did to you that point? all get so accepting you know um so her sister yvonne you know said that's what made her happy so we accepted it and according to yvonne kimberly identified as gender fluid like i mentioned earlier um and kimberly had once explained it to her sister as i'm one person here and then the other when i'm out there so just kind mm. of you know going back and forth between those identities and noah remembers kimberly as an amazing brother to him at home an amazing sister to everyone she met and when she was born, she had actually been named after her father, Ramiro. And so she was Ramiro Jr. And so when she came out and chose her name, Kimberly, she still identified with her birth name and told her sister, during the week, I'm Junior. On the weekends, I'm Kimberly. So oh, was, okay. which I just love how like they just let her find the right balance of all this, you know? Yeah. Um, I think that's pretty special. So Noah said their father, Ramiro, was an old school macho type uh, who supported Kimberly 
with the rest of the family, despite being like that traditional patriarchal kind of dude, which I also find just like totally incredible. <laughs> yeah, especially because he's like so super masculine. Yeah. You would think that he would have some sort of additional problem to it. Yeah, you'd think it would be so... at least a. Uh, a struggle or like an uphill battle or a learning curve or something. redefining masculinity yeah. and femininity and yeah. especially with the name you know being and i think that's a testament to the fact that she chose uh to keep her birth name um it's also probably such a testament to like considering she was named after her father like i think that speaks for itself too yeah so uh her father ramiro senior told interviewers he is my son, and one never turns his back on his son. One has to take care of his children until God our Lord takes us. I was never embarrassed of him being that way. So with so much love and support, you know, it's easy to understand why people who knew Kimberly described her as a bubbly, happy, just like vivacious person. She loved music. She loved putting on makeup. She loved going out dancing whenever she got the chance. Uh, she had one friend named Samantha Rose Montemayor Morales, who is a community leader and activist in the area. And she actually works with trans-led organizations. And when she met Kimberly at a club and noticed just how, like, upbeat and happy she was, uh, she said Kimberly was just described herself as being honored to have such a loving family oh. and, like, have such a strong support system behind her, which I imagine being, like, a community activist and like meeting someone that must be so refreshing to like mm -hmm. meet someone in the trans community who's like i have like the best life ever you know i yeah. mean i'm sure that's you never not... get to hear that yeah. yeah i feel like that's not the norm for you know reasons we all know um so i just think that's i don't know i don't know i just uh that just struck me so kimberly of course didn't have it perfect because just because you have a family who's supportive does not mean Everyone around you in rural Texas is supportive mm -hmm. of you. Yeah, unfortunately, I, I wonder if she got some sort of, like, false impression of the world or something. And Yeah, it's it's almost hard to know if, if that had an influence on the way she perceived, you know. Everybody else. Yeah, I wonder I wonder how that, how that works. I mean, she definitely faced plenty of bullying growing up, um, whether that was because people thought she was gay, whether that was because, you know, sure. for whatever reason, there was uh, bullying growing up as she grew up um, and then discrimination in public as well. And her brother would sometimes witness this uh, when they were out together. And he said Kimberly was very blunt and very open and was not afraid to be herself and like face up to the close minded people in town, especially because her. she I know, which is so so great um but also takes a lot of guts and i you know i think it's just having that support system behind her she felt safe enough to you know confront people who were being discriminatory so now we fast forward to may 12 2017 and on this evening kimberly's extended family is visiting from mexico and they're all spending the evening together and it is a friday night and kimberly decides she wants to go out so late that night, she's getting dressed up, dolled up as usual, and she asked Yvonne for a ride downtown to go clubbing. So Yvonne was worried because it was already 2.30 a.m. Uh, it was now, you know, early Saturday morning, and she was like, can't you just go out tomorrow instead? Like, it's already really late. I don't want to drop you off downtown and, yeah. you know, wonder when you get home. And uh, Yvonne remembers that her sister could be sassy sometimes and Kimberly just kind of turned to her and said look at me I didn't get ready like this to stay home 
<laughs> like, yeah, girl, I can't argue with that, you know? Yeah, that's a great argument. It's like, it's um, like the take, only good argument. <laughs> take one look in this direction and tell me yeah. if I look like someone who's about to go to sleep. Yeah. <laughs> Do you think I put false eyelashes on for bed? Yeah. No, yeah. Not she happening. put on a couple of falsies, so sue her. <laughs> so sue her. Come on. Xenon energy all the way is what I have to say. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so... Yvonne was like, fine, you know what? You make a fair point, I guess. Uh, so she t- tells her family, you know, we're going to head out. I'm dropping uh, dropping Kimberly off downtown. And they got in the car. Kimberly's all jazzed up, like listening to pop music. They're dancing in the car. But when it's sort of like as Yvonne is approaching the bars downtown with um, Kimberly in the passenger seat, she starts to get this just bad feeling, which mm. always gives me chills when I hear that because – it makes you wonder, like, is that your intuition or is that like something paranormal? Like, is there something subconsciously that's mm-hmm. like nagging at you, you know, or do you just well, have it's like your of... your book that you're always yes, promoting? It's like it's like, is there some sort of subconscious situational yeah. awareness you're having that you that your body's even... trying to tell you, but like you're not consciously picking up yeah. on? Yeah, that's mm. what I wonder. And so I think either way, that's such a powerful tool. And like, I know I get not... fear. Gift of Fear by Gavin DeBecker. Um, Thank you. And I'm not, obviously, I'm not blaming Yvonne by any means, but I'm just saying, like, I stories like this always get me because I think, you know, how many times do we ignore that feeling and say, oh, mm-hmm. come on, I'm just being dramatic or I'm just overthinking it. Um, and so it's just a good reminder, you know. So she said she just had a bad feeling. And as she's dropping her off, she actually circled the block three times trying to convince Kimberly to please just come home and not go mm. out that night. And either way, you know, nothing Yvonne could do. Uh, Kimberly insisted on going out and she um, saw a bunch of people out outside the bars and she was like, look, I'm safe. It's fine. You know, there's plenty of people out here. I'm not alone. So she insisted and Yvonne dropped her off and went home. And Kimberly told her, I'll be back later this morning. Um, And so Yvonne stayed up and waited. But Mm, of course, because she knew something was up. She just felt weird, like she couldn't fall asleep. And of course, we know um, with hindsight uh, that Kimberly did not come home that morning or at any other point in time. So brother Noah woke up and his mom told him that nobody knew where Kimberly was. And Kimberly did have a cell phone, but it wasn't connected to data. Like it wasn't connected mm. to a phone line. Um, she just used it mostly to take photos and, you know, just have on hand. And so there was no way of reaching out to her, which, especially in 2017, like that became a huge hurdle also for law enforcement. They're like, we can't track her. We don't have her like latest activity on her phone. It's just, you know, pulls a huge puzzle piece out of the equation. She'd always said she'd always come home when she said she was going to come home. Like she wasn't the type to, you know, be out and come home two days later and say, Oh, sorry. I never touched base. Like that just was not her nature. So even though she didn't have a phone, the fact that she was nowhere to be found was extremely concerning. Her mom called Yvonne every hour asking, you know, is Kimberly there? Have you found her? Is she home yet? And Yvonne just had to say, no, I've found no sign of her whatsoever. And so they know already that something is terribly wrong. And I imagine with Yvonne's like gut feeling the night before, 
this has got to be just like a sucker punch like shit you know i, I just can't imagine wrong. her like uh, her guilt of like I know, oh feeling. i should have i should have i should have because like again like what are you gonna do right you can't like forcibly restrain her from going out if she wants to yeah. go out she's an adult you know so yeah i imagine that's probably a very push and pull type of feeling um so yvonne's you know going around she's calling the hospitals in the area wondering if like maybe she ended up at a hospital and hasn't been able to reach out no luck nobody's seen her and so as she's kind of doing this like canvassing she notices a police officer stop nearby so she just goes straight up to this guy and she says you know my sister kimberly is missing i can't find her anywhere and another fucking plot twist in this story police say we have to file a missing persons report right now oh Which, wow like, again fucking didn't see that coming totally a plot twist like that never fucking happens what, I'm like, what section of texas is this Hang on. Say, like where are we and should we all just move there i don't are know are we in <laughs> twilight zone comma texas like what? <laughs> everyone T-Z-T-X. is unconditionally supported and the police are on it tztx that would be by the way which is just the best airport airport code ever uh anyway so yeah it's very shocking um just only because like we have covered so many of these stories where it's like you know as an adult who's missing it's very hard to get that missing persons report filed in a lot of cases uh because you know a person can leave if they want to of their own volition but this case was different and the officer just said you know what we gotta we gotta get on this right away so you know for what it's worth thank god for that um and you know this is another statistic like the opposite of a fun fact as we always do latina trans women um are disproportionately at high risk of suffering violent crimes um not only compared to cis women which is obvious but also compared to white trans women um Mm -hmm. you know there's that racial component uh and that ethnicity component that definitely puts her in a higher risk category and you know basically i'm going to outline all the reasons that this is such a plot twist to us like why it seems like such a plot twist and that's because only about half of these kind of crimes are reported because survivors are often ignored by the police um and or and or experience even more violence uh sometimes even at the hands of police and with that being said you can understand why this was so reassuring to the family that brownsville authorities like immediately took the report seriously yeah and because of that the family was optimistic that they would find her pretty quickly and uh the officer told Yvonne you know you can meet with a detective on Monday and in the meantime you can do your own searching and so the entire Avila family went downtown on foot to search for any signs of Kimberly they went so far as to look in trash cans to see if maybe like something from her purse had been dumped out or if if any sort of sign that she had been on a certain street uh they looked everywhere and they spent hours searching every street every alley but they found no not a single sign of kimberly Mm. so the family went home and they just waited to meet the detective because it really was all that they could do they also began reaching out to news stations trying to get kimberly's face and information out to the public and the local media began airing the story trying to you know get as many tips as possible yeah wow monday rolls around and detective melissa gonzalez tells the avila family that she is on the case and would update them with any information as it comes in and the department immediately sets up a hotline for tips and announces a one thousand dollar reward for information that would lead to kimberly and what we know is that she was last seen near a bridge that crossed the border to mexico so oh shit okay immediate red flags right like that's 
if she's missing and she good. was right by the border, that's an alarming uh, thought. That would complicate things. Uh, a lot. A lot. <laughs> exactly. And the buildings near that bridge, to add to the fear uh, for the family, is that the buildings near the bridge were mostly abandoned. Um, and so Oof. this is like already a very uh, desolate area. Oh, and, my God. Oh, yeah, my God. Yeah. So on top of the desolation, of course, because there's not much going on, there are almost no streetlights, um, very dark. And if she had been abducted there, you know, there might not be a single person who witnessed this happen. Mm. So they start watching video footage uh, at the international crossings from the night Kimberly went missing to see if she had crossed into Mexico, but they could not find any video footage of her. Sure. Because Kimberly's phone was disconnected, of course, investigators couldn't follow like the normal leads of, you know, who was she calling or who was she Mm -hmm. texting or who was she Snapchatting? Um, There was just no way to specify her last known location. And, uh, you know, just based on that, it was like dead ends everywhere that they looked. Then investigators got a tip that Kimberly was involved in sex work downtown. And this is another like relatively common thing um, in these types of situations. Trans women often find more stable income in sex work than they can elsewhere, especially if they face like the kind of uphill battle and prejudice that they do in like a traditional, a more traditional workspace. So according to the National Library of Medicine, because transgender people face discrimination on a systemic, institutional, and interpersonal level, many transgender women view the sex work industry as their only viable career opportunity or option. Mm. And Yvonne actually said she didn't deny that Kimberly was a sex worker. She's like, she wasn't totally, you know, shaken or shocked by this information. But she also said that was a part of Kimberly's life that she didn't know much about. Like she didn't, she really didn't have any details to help further the investigation. But essentially police now knew that this makes Kimberly's case that much more high risk because sex, you know, your sex worker on top of all this other discrimination that already puts you in a scary place. Now you're... And somewhat more complicated, too, now, because it sounds like, oh, well, we don't know the whole picture then. That's exactly true. You're right. It's like she has this huge supportive family is looking for her. But if they don't know all the details exactly of, like, what she might have been doing that night or who she was meeting, because that was, like, a part of her life she kept separate. Now it makes more sense why she might have been more, like, aggressively trying to leave to go to the bar because maybe she had an appointment and now, like, who's that guy or whoever that could have, Exactly. Who was That's planning exactly on seeing it. her? Could he, they have heard her? Yeah. And it's like all these like, what ifs? What if we had asked, you know, who she's meeting? What if we had asked like where she was going, which bar, you know? And so imagine that was really frustrating as the family to like have that big gap, like that big question mark. Um, but of course, uh, <laughs> just like to add worse to worse, um, she's now exposed to more dangerous situations uh, Mm -hmm. that could have ended in more violent ways. So police attempted to question other sex workers in Brownsville for leads, but they had no luck. I mean, I imagine, you know, we've all seen SVU where the cops yeah. try to talk to And they're the like, sex I'm not workers. saying shit. They're like, get away <laughs> yeah. from me. <laughs> like, yeah. Right. You know? And so generally uh, we can all understand why uh, sex workers don't often seek assistance from authorities because their work is criminalized. And so 
uh, they're often dismissed if they try to make a report. I mean, we've seen stories where sex workers are raped, attempted murder even, and they go to the police and police threaten to arrest them for yeah. for participating in sex work. So yep. it's like a lose-lose, right? Uh, so, you know, you can imagine that this was not the most fruitful of searches for police, like in, in interviewing other sex workers. Makes sense. Yeah. Exactly. And so at the same time as Kimberly's disappearance, Brownsville police had actually recently arrested several sex workers downtown. So now there's already this like oh. big built in tension. And like, do we think sex workers are going to talk to police right. now? Hell no. Right. Like, yeah, especially they know now. the risk here. Yeah. And so this tension is like already at a high. So they just did not really get anywhere with this. No one was willing to speak to police in case they got a tr in trouble, arrested or even ended up in Kimberly's situation, which they didn't know, yeah. you know. Because so, also, like, we've, I mean, I've seen SVU and a lot of episodes are like, the cop is the one who was hmm. going right, like, and... How do you trust that person? If, if exactly, Like, not only like, are they, could they arrest you, but the cop could be the one that's, you know, doing stuff to sex workers yeah. and getting away with it because no one's going to talk to sex workers. Exactly. And like, who's going to, who are they going to believe, right? You know? Yeah. And so I can understand completely their their refusal to participate in this um but thankfully you know the avalas kind of know that and so they were doing their own kind of investigating on the side their own work they were putting up posters every single day after she went missing um and the poster featured kimberly in two photos one where she wore a more masculine style as junior and the other the more feminine kimberly identity and that way you know depending on how she was presenting um that somebody might be able to recognize her either way. I love that they were doing their own work. They were know, like, you know what? I don't know totally if I can trust the cops. So here's what yeah. we're going to do. They're like, we, you can, <laughs> okay, cops, you go talk to the sex workers. But like, good luck with that. We're but then so do. are we. But then but so like, are we. Then so are we. Yeah, <laughs> exactly. So they, you know, they, they've been around the block. They know how this works. So they're putting up their own posters. They're interviewing people on their own. Um, unfortunately, they are already facing like, extreme just assholery from people the posters were getting torn down graffitied burned mm. and only her posters not oh. the other ones okay so you know it was unclear whether this was involved with like had anything to do with kimberly's actual disappearance or if these are just like discriminatory assholes you know it yeah. could could be both either um but People even followed Yvonne and her family uh, in their cars as they were mm -hmm. putting up posters and like watched them, harassed them. Oh, just, God. Just dicks, right? Like, and it, it's unclear, like, if they even knew right. what had happened to Kimberly. Like, maybe they were just. Or but, if they just thought it was hilarious to like. Like, mm -hmm. it was a funny joke, right? Yeah. Ha 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 ha. So police actually did end up following up with one person who was caught on camera drawing on the posters. Oh, yeah, but it was just a dead end, some asshole, you know, oh. who got in trouble for that. But that's it. It wasn't he didn't have any real leads, you know. So, of course, the case essentially went cold. There were no new leads or tips or signs of Kimberly. It was like she had just poof, you know, vanished into thin air. And mm. the Avalas began to lose faith that this investigation was going anywhere, that police were getting any headway on this and it seemed like they were kind of letting Kimberly and her case fade away as in the police so that they could you know move on to other other things and 
Noah said, I want to think that maybe they're just incapable and they can't say it. <laughs> that yeah, was his, honestly. That was his response. He's like, I think that's kind of where my head's at. <laughs> that's a good place for your head to be, maybe. I, mean, I don't sure. know. Yeah, if they're, if they're hitting a roadblock, like hitting a brick wall, I mean, maybe they're not telling you, but maybe they've just run out of options. Yeah. So in 2018, which was the year after Kimberly vanished, a tip came in from a reporter who runs an online news source and blog. And he had actually recognized Kimberly from the posters and the reports on her disappearance. And actually many people recognized her because she was such a social person and such a, you know, bright personality. People actually knew her as a regular at a lot of the bars downtown. And so this reporter did some digging and was able to gather stories from witnesses in Brownsville and was able to put together a timeline that led up to Kimberly's disappearance. Oh, okay. Which is great. I mean, that's more than they had yeah. before. You know, it's at least a big step in the right direction. And from what this reporter was able to gather, this is the story of Kimberly's evening. Okay. So she was having beers in a bar with a man that she hadn't ever met before, so someone she didn't know, and he was said to be involved in a criminal group. At last call, they left the bar together, the two of them, and started walking down the street. People heard him loudly demanding something from Kimberly, and it might be some people thought maybe he thought she had stolen something from him that he wanted back. So he oh, was okay. loudly demanding something back from her. He was loud enough that it actually woke people up who were living on that street and oh, shit. in bed. And so it woke people up. And when they looked outside, they say they saw Kimberly with this man. Then a car pulled up to the sidewalk and Kimberly was shoved into the car. <gasps> oh, God. Okay. Before the door closed and the car sped off into the night. So. And that the, was the I last. Mean, yeah, that was it. That was the last anyone had seen and like that must just be like a stomach sinking feeling to hear you know yeah so the witnesses apparently some of them actually recognized the man but they refused to name him because they were so afraid of the repercussions Shit. of naming this person um and the reporter believes it's likely kimberly was taken across the border into mexico by this man mm -hmm. And I mean, that would explain where, why the trail just stops and like the leaves just go completely cold. So the, this reporter went to police with this information, but he never heard anything. It was sort of like police were like, OK, thanks, and never really followed up. And it turns out the Brownsville police never actually reached out to the police in Matamoros, which is where she would have been taken over the border. Mm. And um, they never contacted police there, which is a huge bummer because if something if somebody had found kimberly deceased in mexico for example uh and it was a jane doe brownsville police wouldn't even be able to like identify right. if that was her because they never even asked oh that's such a good point i wouldn't have even thought about that it's like man that could have been really really a mm. big break you know and like sure it's just one person saying it but also it's not just one person it's a reporter who's diligently interviewing witnesses and like building a case it's not like just some right, rando right. tip from anonymous you know so it's just a bummer like i feel like that could have been something but whatever uh eventually another tip did come into police um but weirdly this is where things are a little bit odd so okay. apparently the caller hung up before police could get as many answers as they wanted and so Detective Gonzalez asked Kimberly's family to please hold a press conference in their house in June of 2019. 
And bizarrely, which is the part where I started rewinding when I was watching this episode because I'm thinking, okay, they're holding a press conference to say what? And it turns out they didn't know. The police basically said, we're not going to tell you what the Did they think someone would like come to their press conference or would tune in or something? I think what they wanted was for the family to say, to almost make an appeal to the caller and say, please call back. We know you hung up, but like, please call back. But the family didn't know what the hell the caller had said. So it's almost like police were kind of withholding that um, and saying, here, hold a press conference, say this, but we're not giving you any more information. And so the investigators, basically all they said was that the tipster and other people in the community were choosing to not come forward with relevant information. So it must've been good enough information to warrant a press conference because they instructed Kimberly's family to basically make this plea to, to call back for the tipster to call back. And Yvonne in the press conference said, you had a reason to call that day and give the information you gave, which by the way, they don't know what it is. I'm begging you to call back. So they're just hoping like, hey, hopefully maybe, maybe this that will someone will even, the something. right person will even see this. Yeah, that right person will even see this. And so nothing happened. They heard nothing more. And police Oof. never told the family what the caller had said. Which is just wild to me. So, yeah. you know, as you can tell, authorities started off strong and now it's like they're just kind of backing off and becoming more and more evasive. And then things just go even worse, because in 2019, they held a public vigil for Kimberly and the county district attorney called for justice for Kimberly. But as he is making this speech with the bereaved family behind him, he says, we are looking for her killer. Oh, yeah. And Kimberly's so it's implied she's dead now. Right. And Kimberly's mom, like, basically collapses. Like, this is something they had never heard before. And so the family is just, like, in total crisis mode all of a sudden. And it's basically one of those situations where you can hear the crowd, like, mumbling. Like, did he just say killer? You know, like, reporters are like, wait, do we hear that correctly? Did the family know that? So, like, you know, the family's thinking, like, have they known she's dead for a while and didn't say anything? Yeah. Yeah. What do they know that they haven't told us? They're keeping us, you know, stringing us along. So the police, like I said, never indicated to the family that this had changed from a missing person to a homicide. And they had never told the family that they even suspected Kimberly was dead. So if this was the tip that came in, it was never right. communicated to the family. And so Yvonne said both of her parents just immediately started crying and other people were kind of like trying to get to the bottom of this, mumbling in confusion. And so the family thankfully had an advocate who approached the chief of police as like literally live as this is happening and is like what is the district attorney talking about why did he say killer and the police chief was like i don't know and he went up to the district attorney whispers in his ear literally the da puts down the microphone in the middle of his sentence and leaves and gets (gasps) in his car and drives away he's like i made a big he's like i made a fucking boo-boo and i'm not gonna own up to it (laughs) fuck you all see ya oh my god wow and just leaves Ooh, and so reporters are like fuck this they follow him <laughs> right yes, like he gets good. his car okay, and good. Like, hey answer the fucking question what is going on so they follow him all the way back to his office where he slams the door locks it and refuses to comment and they're like what the fuck is going on so now the family's in turmoil like give us answers this day is being like a real dick and 
nobody knows what's going on. And he later explained that he had gotten Kimberly's case mixed up with a different victim. So oh that's my why God. he said Bullshit. it. Which, if that's even true, then like fucking own up to it and apologize to the family you dipshit and that's why i think it's bullshit i think he's just like trying to save face I think he, somehow i think he had a some somehow was tipped off in some way or knew something for a long time that's and it had it, never that's, been publicized that's kind of the gut feeling i get and, and you then know, he got caught i think that's where my head went as well um if he if it was a if it was a genuine accident, he wouldn't have walked away in the middle like of a left. press conference and driven away and then locked himself into a room and then refused to say anything. I mean, like, that, that wouldn't have happened. The fuck? Yeah. That, so that's, that wouldn't have happened. That's kind of what I think as well. Except, you know, I understand also the families want to like believe she's still alive. So it's like, ugh, and they still don't have details on that. So it's like. How can they trust that that's real information if, God, it must just be, like, it added a whole nother layer to this nightmare for them, basically. Because now they're, mm. now there's, like, a hint that she might have been killed, but they're not right. sure, and they don't have answers. Oh, my gosh. As of June 2023, like, a couple of months ago, the family still knows nothing. There's no information, no leads, no clues. Um Yvonne has said, it's been six long and very painful years. We still don't know anything. We still get the same thing from the police department. And so, you know, the only we like to throw silver lining in every now and then um, in the wake of Kimberly's disappearance, the Brownsville LGBT plus community created an official task force, which actually advocates for the safety and needs of those in the queer community, especially in cases oh, okay. like this where they're like maybe missing or have been involved in a criminal incident and so you know Yvonne said Kimberly would be thrilled at how the community has kind of changed for the better has progressed has advanced but of course also wishes like Kimberly wasn't the cost of this mm -hmm. progress you know sure um and so the family speaks uh on Kimberly anytime they can to keep her story alive and the hope is that somebody the right person will you know find the courage to share information or maybe a light bulb moment will go off um and maybe they will be able to get some answers there is a ten thousand dollar reward and people are encouraged to share information um about kimberly uh, on social media via podcasts what have you just to keep her story and her face on the public's mind i mean we'll definitely post um her poster uh sure. both posters on instagram and anyone with information on kimberly avila should contact the brownsville police department you can do that at 956-548-7000 or you can call brownsville crime stoppers which is 956-546-8477 and one thing i also want to point out which like i don't think i mention very often is that you can leave an anonymous tip so like mm. if you're ever like kind of fearful of identifying yourself or what have you there are ways to leave anonymous tips um good point so that is an option if you're uncomfortable you know with them knowing who you are or why you have this information so in june yvonne shared a simple plea this is you know the sixth year anniversary of her disappearing mm. uh, she shared a simple plea she said we miss her a lot and if anybody knows anything please just know you can call that's all we ask and Kimberly's father said, I would like to tell him if he is seeing me, blessed God, to come back home, that this is his house and it always has been, that we are eagerly 
waiting, looking forward to seeing him again. I ask God that he lets me see him before I die. Oh my God, that's so sad. And that's the story of Kimberly Avila. Oof. Terribly sad. It's just like, you just think how many amazing, amazing things she would have been able to do in this world, you know? With With the amount of support she had the yeah. amount of confidence she clearly had yeah loved her sass in the beginning mm-hmm. but i mean just to be able to hold her head up high in an area that wasn't yeah. you know meant for people like that in in whatever way it's yeah. she could have done some real damage you she just, had a lot of power yeah you just power. think like the, the the star power yeah you just think like the the space she could have made for people who don't have that same support yeah. system and that kind of thing um so it's it's all in all um pretty pretty tragic but there's still hope you know um maybe we'll find her maybe she'll come back home yeah we can only hope and that's why we drink this indeed week. <laughs> indeed <laughs> jeez i sometimes i wonder if we should just end the podcast after i say the last terrible thing and let everybody else figure out a way to make themselves feel better <laughs> and just go straight into yeah just here's a song bye we're like that fucking district attorney i was just like running getting in the car and driving away just go lock ourselves in our room and fuck you guys yeah i'm sorry i made you all feel like shit now leave me alone (laughs) (laughs) i like relate to that behavior so much even though i totally don't condone it and i think it's so fucked up what he did but i'm like i do get that like sudden urge to be like oh i made a big mistake i'm gonna run away and no one can see me if i can't i mean your whole job is to bum people out so it's no wonder your no wonder your therapist has always got like a super bill ready to send you so (laughs) (laughs) help me i need to get the tarot deck out and like uh read a little yeah tarot make myself feel better do you want to pick a card today Actually, yeah, let's do that, M. That'll be a fun little ending. Okay. Watch it you be like... You pick the card. I'll do the shuffling, but you pick the card. It better not be like death or hermit or... No, no, no. Okay. I'm shuffling, and then whenever you say stop, I'm just going to pick the one on top. Stop. Okay. The three of pentacles. And again, it's me as a clown. Um... No! <laughs> I did not pick you as a clown. That's ridiculous. What is what does it mean? Can you Google it real quick? Yeah, Three I am. Pentacles? Okay, so it is an encouragement that you are on the right track. Oh, this is from BiddyTarot.com. <laughs> but so hey, that no, they as you just said about. that you've um <laughs> you have a constant uh, fear of ruining people's days. You're on the yeah. right track. So I am good for me. I'm on the right track. Um, it's, it says, uh, the three pentacles shows a young stonemason working with his tools on a portion of a cathedral. I'm like, does it, or does it show M on a unicycle dressed as a clown? <laughs> I'm but a okay, stonemason. What the fuck are you You're talking stone about? stonemason working on a cathedral. Good for yeah. you, M. You tell yourself whatever you need. Yeah, a circus um, will be held in there. Yeah, there you go. <laughs> the circus tent. It's, it's M's cathedral, you know? <laughs> Um, wow. So, uh, this is a really long article, so I'm not going to read this whole thing, but basically it says your hard work, dedication, and attention to detail will not be going unnoticed as the three of pentacles represents achievement, recognition, and rewards. Oh, looky. That was probably the best card you could have pulled then. Okay, sure. I'll take it. That's a big pat on the back for you, Christine. Thank you so much. (laughs) Um, if anyone wants to listen to us, keep babbling, you can head over to Mm. Patreon for our after hours and, um, 
I've got something prepared for us, Christine. We had it prepared the last time we had an after hours, and I think you just forgot what we're going to do. But um, Oh, I do. I I 100% forget, so I can't wait to be surprised. (laughs) I did not. You're going to be very excited. I can't wait. And that's why we drink. We've seen all the video call fails by now, the mute button mishaps, the cat cameos, people not realizing the camera's on when their pants are off. But none of this makes Fred feel any better about giving an entire sales pitch, mistakenly using a filter that turns him into an itsy-bitsy baby duck. How do I turn this thing off? It's too late, Fred. It's too late. When you realize it's better to do business in person, it matters where you stay. Welcome to the Hilton Garden Inn, Fred. The meeting room is right down the hall. Hilton. For the stay.